Christmas. If any of our children would like to go to children's church, This morning, if you want to follow along with me, I'll be in 1 Peter, the third chapter, the 18th verse, 1 Peter 3.18, and I'll also be in 1 John, the second chapter, the second verse, 1 Peter 3.18 and 1 John 2.2. And in 1 Peter it reads, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. And in 1 John, the second chapter, the second verse, it reads, He, Jesus, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the world. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, we love you and we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. And Lord, we just ask that you pour out your spirit upon this service. Open our ears and our hearts to what you have to say this morning. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen. Now, I am what many would consider a picky eater. And I'm in trouble right now because I didn't eat this morning and I'm getting, yeah, I've got the eye. I get it. Um, but... I don't like onions, I don't like peppers, I don't like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, cabbage, basically any vegetable that's not a bean or a potato, I am not a fan of. I don't like sour cream and I don't like ranch dressing. I almost lost my southerner card for saying I didn't like ranch dressing. Apparently everybody likes ranch dressing, I didn't realize I was the only one. But I've known and I know people that are pickier than I am. I had a cousin... Her food couldn't touch. She had to eat on like those military trays or the trays that you see in prisons. Uh, her food could not touch each other. And it, if it did, she was done. She wouldn't eat it. I had another cousin. Apparently it's a family thing. Just, I'm reading this for the first time too, so I'm looking. Uh, but I had another cousin for several years that would only eat raisin bran for breakfast, but his mother had to take the raisins out. And I know what you're thinking, why did you just get bran flakes? He knew the difference. So she would pour a bowl of raisin bran and then pull the raisins out. This same cousin would only eat chocolate pudding, chicken nuggets, and grilled cheese. That's, what he, that's all he ate growing up. Bran flakes, chocolate pudding, chicken nuggets, and grilled cheese. So I'm not as picky as some. Shelly said that growing up with her two brothers that you couldn't be picky if you wanted to eat. You know, I love going out to eat with Shelly's older brother, Curtis. Uh, we get to the restaurant, and I, I kid you not, it's like he searches for the strangest thing on the menu and orders it just because he wants to try something new. I don't do that. I stick to things I know, and I even embarrass my family when I tell them what I don't want in my food. Like if we go to Laha, I'll get a, whatever I get, I have to tell the waitress for five minutes what I don't want inside that burrito. And 
my son's like, why don't you just tell them what you want in it instead of what you don't want in it? But I'm pretty picky about what I eat. It's obvious that I'm not real picky about the way I dress. But I remember in high school that you better wear the right things or you just don't show up. I remember in the early 80s, Charles will remember this, it was Azad shirts and Levi jeans. And it better be an Azad shirt, the alligator, not the fox, because that was that weird thing that J.C. Penney's was trying to throw on everybody that nobody bought into. But, and you, you had to wear white Nikes with the black stripe. We might have a free public education, but our parents spent a fortune trying to keep us looking like we belonged. But now that I work at the school, I can promise you that fitting in is the least of these kids' worries. <laughs> they don't care what kind of shirt they're wearing, what kind of pants they're wearing, or what their shoes look like. They at least, I honestly think they're trying not to fit in. But it's different than the way it was. I'm just very thankful that I don't serve a God that's picky. My God isn't picking and choosing who should be Christians. His invitation is to everyone. Look at our scripture this morning in 1 John 2. 2. Again, it says, He not only sacrificed himself for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus died for everyone. My God's not picky. My God is not picky. There are multimillionaires that have given their life to Christ. Jesus died for them too. There are people in the Appalachian Mountains right now that don't have two sticks to rub together that have put all their trust in Christ. He died for them too. The soldiers that tortured Jesus, who nailed him to a cross, Jesus died for them too. There are people who will flatly deny that there is a Jesus, who worship even worship other gods. Our Jesus died for them too. So everyone that thinks there's no way that Jesus could love me, he died for you too. We are his children. You remember that children's song, Jesus loves the little children, red and yellow, black and white? We are all precious in his sight. You are precious. And he died for you too. In boot camp, there were no white recruits or black recruits. We were light green or dark green. I'll never forget that. You had dark green Marines and you had light green Marines. Our Father in Heaven doesn't even see green. He died for you too. He doesn't see your past. He just sees the child that he loves so much that he died for you. When I look at my children, I don't see the things that they've done in their past or the things that got me upset. All I see is the children that I love so much that I would die for them. Those kids that I've loved since conception and that I'll love until the day I die, that's how much our Father in Heaven loves us. There have been some terrible people in this world. Our Father in heaven sees their wrongs 
And some of these will never ask for forgiveness. But he died for them too. He's not picky. In the 8th chapter of John, the Pharisees bring a woman to Jesus who they've caught in adultery. And they tell Jesus that the law of Moses says that this woman should be stoned. So Jesus bends down and he starts to write in the sand with his finger. You know the story. And then he says, those without the first sin cast the first stone. There's not a lot said about what Jesus wrote in the sand. Actually, no one ever said what he wrote in the sand. But some have ventured to say that what Jesus was writing down was the sins of all the Pharisees that were standing around. That he just bent down and started writing their sins in the sand. A lot of people have walked this earth, and there's only been one that has not sinned. And this is the one who had to die for everyone else. No matter the sin, he died for you. He doesn't have to write our sins in the sand for, for us to know that we've fallen short. But we know that he died for us. There are so many people outside those doors right now that think Jesus would never forgive them for their sins. But we know better. We know better because we're forgiven. He's forgiven us of all of our sins. We have an awesome membership here at Archdale. And we do a lot of good in our community, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that in the 99 years of our church history, we've never had a perfect member. I know that's a stretch, but I about guarantee you that we've, I'll, I'll go ahead and guarantee you that we've never had a perfect member here at our Stell Friends. I hate to be the one to break that news to you, but even if someone thinks that they're perfect, that immediately eliminates them anyway from being perfect, so, but guess what? It's okay. Our God's not picky. He doesn't care what you've done. He just wants a relationship with you. That's all he wants. Every sin you've ever committed, ever will commit, there was a price. And our Savior paid that price. The other night, I was at Arigato's in Greensboro. It was my first time. If you've never been there, I highly suggest it. It was really good. But anyway, I was there last Sunday night with our volleyball team. We had done some team building. We went bowling, of all things. And after we got through bowling, we went over there to eat, and there was... It was me and two of my parents and ten of my players all went to eat. When the bill come, I had that one, that parent paid for it. He paid for all of us. He didn't just pay for the cheapest meal. He didn't just pay for my starters. He didn't just pay for his daughter's best friend. He didn't pick and choose. He paid everyone's bill our savior isn't picking and choosing who's forgiven he's not picking he paid the price the ultimate price for everyone like I said unfortunately there isn't a perfect person here but we don't have to be perfect because we are forgiven 
Now, when he said he was going to pay for everybody's meal, I didn't call the waitress over and ask for five more desserts. And just because we are forgiven doesn't mean that we can go out and live our life in any way we want to. That's cheap grace. We should want to live a life that represents Christ. But we are going to fail. But we know that the price has already been paid. We've already been forgiven for every sin we're going to commit and every sin we've committed. He's not picky, and you are forgiven. If you want to know how much he loves you, he stretched out both arms for you, and he paid the ultimate price. You are forgiven, and he's not picky. Let's have a time of open worship. Please stand as we sing our benediction.
conversation. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that that when I do have bad days, that you are good and that I am forgiven, that you love me that much. Lord, just help us to go out and live our life in the way in the way that we should, and that we represent you in all that we do. All these things we ask in your name.